Talking out about having uh, a promise for every need. Before I get even into the scripture, I'm going to ask you a, a fairly subjective question. And I'm going to ask you, what do you think would be the most frustrated, I'm going to say animal, because I don't want to give it away. I'm using that term very generally, and it's not us. <laughs> um, what would you say is the most frustrated animal on the planet today? Anybody? Just throw something out. Frustrated. Bees. Okay. A sloth. Good. Anyone else? Come on. Frustrated. An no, ant? No. Huh? No, no. Okay. Yeah, just to be named that, you know. It's like, what else? Come on. Male ladybug. Male ladybug. Yes. <laughs> Talk about identity crisis, right? Good one, Matt. I would expect nothing less from you, though. I am going to go with, survey says, the caterpillar. You've got to realize that inside every caterpillar is the desire to fly. And yet all they're doing is crawling around for this season of life. I think inside each caterpillar they know what's to happen. And how would you like it when you have been born and called to fly and all you feel like you're doing is just moving, 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 and not making a whole lot of ground, turning around saying, wow, I started right there this morning. And yet, there are cycles within the caterpillar that it's going to go through, and eventually it is going to fulfill the desire inside its heart to fly. I think some of us are in those stages of being a caterpillar. Some of us are saying, I am just moving so slowly, and yet I know that God has such great things for me. And some of you already have your wings, and you're saying, I am just sensing God's presence and power. I'm fulfilling the calling on my life every day is better than the last I wake up with expectation. To me, that's truly flying in the calling and presence of God each day. Our scripture today is 2 Corinthians 1.20. And it says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God by us. Now this scripture is misquoted more because a lot of times we abbreviate it and we say, All God's promises are yes and amen. But there's key words in here, in Him and in Him. Both of them are in Him, which is Christ Jesus. You see, the promises of God are not yes and no, or yes and maybe. See, growing up, my mom, um, believe it or not, I, I, I had a way of debating and arguing and winning arguments with my mom, even at a very young age. And so she learned this term that just shut me down every time. I'd ask a question and she'll say, we'll see. And I didn't know how to respond to that. I had no definitive way. And all of a sudden, we'll see became her favorite response to everything. Even if, are we having supper tonight? We'll see. I'm like, well, yes or no, mom? Aren't you glad that God's promises aren't we'll see or they're conditional? They are yes and amen. You see, the Bible has a lot of commands and promises. Now, the difference between a command, it's something we should do. But the promises are something that God is going to do. God is going to fulfill His promises. A command must be obeyed. But a promise must be believed. 
Now, are you grasping this? Because, I mean, I, I rewrote this sermon at midnight on Friday. I just, I went out, I said, Kristen, I'm changing everything. So I hope all of this is making sense. God's promises run from Genesis through Revelation. These promises are made by God for us. They reflect God's character. They're established. But we must know Christ in order to stand on those promises. You see, I believe that God is looking for a group of believers that will stand on His word and say yes and amen to the promises of God. Speaking that confirm, confirmation of those promises. We all know the word of God, but we have to start speaking it and declaring it over our situations. The Greek word for yes means certain and true. The Hebrew word for amen means so be it or it is already done. So if I go back and I reread 2 Corinthians 1.20, I say, for all the promises of God in Him are, so be it. It's already done. And in Him, it has already been completed, fully accomplished, to the glory of God by us. That's powerful. Powerful. These promises came through Christ but must be claimed by us. I think what happens is that we listen to the promises in our ears, but we never take them into our heart. When a promise jumps out from the Word of God, or from a sermon, or a teaching, or a song, whatever the case may be, it becomes a hold in your heart. It gets stamped with the yes of Jesus in our lives. See, I can tell you great promises, and they'll go in one ear and out the other. You'll go home, you'll go out to eat, and you'll say, oh, was that a great message? That was an awesome worship. Gentlemen, ladies, that was great today. But unless a promise gets into our heart and it holds and it runs over our mind, kind of like when that song gets stuck in your mind and you're singing it all day and you don't even know where it came from, that's what happens when a promise gets held into your heart and all of a sudden you know that God is wanting to do something in that area of your life. You can't shake that. It is running, 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 running. Even if you wake up the next morning, it's right there. That is what's grabbing hold of the promises of God. Not being a casual Christian, but saying, God, I am standing on your word. I am stepping out in faith and I'm believing that you are the author and finisher of my faith and you are faithful to complete this. Amen. I'm tired of being sick and tired. So let's look at God's character through some very simple points. Point number one, God is my security. Yes. It's not social. It's God. He's my security. Psalms 46.1 says, God is my refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Amen. He's there when we need Him. You see, God is not just the God of Isaac, Jacob. He is, he's the God right now. That's he's right. the God of John and Jim, right. Bill, Don, Hannah. He's our God. Right. You see, we tend to put God historically. He's a right now God. Amen. He is a right now God. See, when we read all about this, we're like, oh, wow, wouldn't it have been great to experience God? We can. In fact, we can experience it with a new form of grace and mercy because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for yeah. us. We can cry out, Abba, Father. Right. It's important that we, we stand on the promises. We remember them. We, re we quote them back. 
It proves who God is. You know, several months ago, I mentioned that with social media and Facebook, you can have a thousand friends on, on any Facebook or Twitter. But when you go through a difficult time, that really proves who your friends are. Yeah, that's right. Okay? Exactly. Try putting something out on Facebook uh, uh, at 2 a.m., a, a heartfelt cry out, and just see how many likes you get or thumbs down you get on that. Those are drive-by friends. To me, those friends, when you're going through a difficult time, are there with you. They're there with you at 2 a.m. if they need to be. Yeah. They are encouraging you when you aren't even reaching out to them. They're just saying, you know, Donna Cat, I was thinking about you. I wanted to send you this scripture. Or Bill and Fran, I just want to let you know that God gave this word and I want to share it with you. And I want you to know I'm praying. Randy. Man, you've been on my heart all day. I've been praying for you. Those are the relationships that you need in your life. Not all of these likes, dislikes. Hey, I'm here. I'm there. I'm eating a burger. Yay. I am sick and tired of hearing where you guys are eating, okay? I mean, I'm glad you're eating, but why do you have to tell everybody? Some of you are showing that you're eating every day, so why tell people? Wow, some of the congregation's awake. Hmm, okay. He is our refuge and our strength. He's big enough to surround me in every direction. Do you understand that? God is able to surround me in every direction. Man, I loved when they were quoting that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Proverbs 18.10 tells me the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And He's given us the ability to use that name to pull down strongholds in our lives, in our families. Some of us need to learn the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this from my home, from my life, from my genealogy. Generational curses. We need to learn the name of Jesus. It's at the name of Jesus that every demonic power just bows. Amen. When you mention Jesus, waves go out. You have the authority as a born-again believer to use that name. He is our strong tower. He's our security. Point number two is that He is my deliverer. Psalms 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, but thank you. But the Lord delivers out of some. You see that? Does it say some or all? All. Do you all believe all? Or do you believe some? See, sometimes our theology doesn't match up with the Word of God. I'm just pointing this out. You can't have a some theology in an all word. That's right. Right? So many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That means that there's nothing that I can get into that God can't get me out of. <laughs> Have you thought about that? There is nothing that you can get into, even through your own stupidity or an attack of the enemy, that God cannot get you out of. That means that the fire is not going to burn me. The water is not going to drown me. The, the lions are not going to eat me. The giants aren't going to kill me. And the mountains aren't going to stop me. So what are you afraid of? Yeah. <laughs> See, I know who I am in Christ. I know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. So I know the authority that I have as a born-again believer. I understand spiritual warfare. I understand wickedness. I understand having 
to stand when everyone else is running and feeling like I'm the only one standing. Point number three, that God is my source. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. An interesting story that I came across from history is that when Oral Roberts, who has a university named after him in Tulsa, when Oral Roberts was young in the ministry, they went to the grocery store, him and Evelyn, and they bought groceries and they didn't have enough money and they had to put some of the groceries back. And Oral Roberts said that he had a talk with God and he said, God, the church isn't doing me right. This should not be happening to my wife and I. And Oral said that God spoke to him and said, you've made the church your source and you have not made me your source. And at that point he repented and he made God his source and not man and his ministry flourished. And how many of us have made man our source, that we look to man as our source instead of God? That no matter what happens in your physical situation, your spiritual God is going to take care of you. Whether the need is financial, physical, healing, restorative, whatever it is, Amen. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. When we look to man, man will always fail us. The Word of God even tells you, man will fail you, but God will never fail you. That means I may fail you. Kristen may fail you. But God will never fail you. Amen. Get your eyes off of man and onto God, and you'll never be disappointed. Amen. You will be, through grace, be able to overlook the offenses of your brothers and sisters. But your hope and your peace and your trust and your joy has to come from God. As long as you're trying to draw hope and peace and joy from me, it is limited. And it will be conditional. But when you draw your hope and your peace from the eternal source, you will have an unlimited amount of what you need. If you are struggling with peace, find scriptures and stand on that peace. When you need hope, if you need a job, if you need restoration, find those promises, stand on them, write them down. Declare those promises. Speak them out as yes and amen in Him. Let's don't leave out the in Him because that's how they come. How rich is God? All the gold is His. All the silver is His. Oh yeah, I know, I've read that. I don't think we comprehend that everything in this world belongs to God. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Deuteronomy 6.11, Your houses will be filled with all kinds of things that you didn't put there. All the decorators said amen. You will have cisterns that you didn't dig and vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant after you have eaten all that you want. That's abundance. That's favor. How many of y'all know my favorite store in the whole wide world? It starts with a C, ends with an O. Costco. How many of y'all have ever been to Costco? Raise your hand. All right. How many of y'all have been to Sam's Club if you've never been to Costco? There is just something about buying a five-gallon drum of mayonnaise that's just very, you know? We put mayonnaise on everything. You want some Cheerios? 
You know, it's like, just kidding. Hey, we bought it. We got to use it. But you got a great value on that mayonnaise or mustard. I love Costco. In fact, if Kristen wants to get me in a good mood, she'll say, do you want me to take you to Costco? And man, I'm like a dog. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'll, I'll even ride with my head out the window. I love going to Costco. It's the samples, too. I mean, if you go there hungry, you can get full on just the samples. We look around Costco, and you see such an abundance. And what I love is the things change all the time. Some of the things change. But how many of y'all have ever looked up in Costco? More stuff. More stuff. More stuff. Have you ever seen anybody walking around Sands or Costco thinking, man, they got a lot of stuff. We always look here. We're never looking there. Do you realize that there is probably three times more up there than what we're seeing here? I know this is really deep theology here, but sometimes God is like Costco. And all we see is what we're seeing in this world. And God's saying, look up. Look at what I've got for you. You can't even fathom what is above what you're seeing. But it's kind of like we're walking around with these blinders on. And we're saying, well, this is what God's going to have to do because this is what God's always done. No. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Next time you go into Costco, look up, because that's where all of the inventory is. That's where all the blessings are. Guess what comes down from that is what's up there, is what's going to be down there, and the next time you walk in there. I know it's deep. Think about it. James 1.17 says, For every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father who made the sun, the moon, and the stars. The Father who doesn't change like the shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon. Wow. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Gifts are meant to be opened. In fact, I don't think they're a gift until they're given. Do you? Think about this. You're going to buy someone a gift. You buy it. Have you ever bought somebody a gift and you know it's the perfect gift? You know they're going to absolutely love it. See, to me, I would love to give Kristen something on the... 18th of November if I bought it, but I have to hold it, okay, till Christmas. But to me, it's not a gift until she opens it up. That's the completion. God's promises, His gifts come from above, are not promises and fulfilled until we step out in faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we step out on faith, we start declaring these promises as ours as yes and amen. But I also want to tell you that as I'm reading through, some of these promises are conditional upon our actions. And we love taking the latter part without the conditional part. Don't love money and I'll do this. Well, I love money, so I'm just going to stand on this part. Read the entire passage about that promise. And if you're willing to fulfill God's part, He's willing to fulfill His part. The command and the promises. God has an abundance that my need will never exhaust. My entire life is in His hands. He knows me from the beginning to the end. 
There's no surprises in my life. And God has the resources to not only fulfill every need in my life, my family's life, but in your life, your children's lives, your cousins, your grandchildren, nieces, nephews, neighbors, co-workers. We can't fathom God's abundance. I'm serious. I, I really, there's times where I try to go out and I think, when we were out hunting last week, which many of y'all know, we just basically just shot the breeze because there was nothing out there to shoot. <laughs> One night, though, we were out, and I looked up, and I saw all the stars. You see, in hunting, you sit, and you do a lot of thinking. And it was nighttime, and we had these really cool night scopes, and we were hunting um, coyote and, and hog. And I looked up, and I just saw all the stars. And it reminded me of God saying that I've created every one of them. I know them by name. But when we live in the city, the lights ref reflect, limit us from seeing the amount of stars that you'll see out if you're on a cruise or out in an open field. How many times are filters of this world keeping us from truly seeing God's promises? The abundance of God, the fullness of God. Only what we experience is what we think God is. And He is so much more than our experiences. Amen? Amen. Right. Point number four. My God never disappoints. Philippians 1.20 I eagerly expect and hope that I will have nothing to be ashamed of. I will speak very boldly and honor Christ in my body, now as always, whether I live or I die. What Paul is saying is here is that he expects the best because he's been serving God. God had always been faithful to God. Paul. He had always taken care of him. No matter what the circumstances were, God was faithful. Paul is saying, you know what? I have nothing to be ashamed of. He is a servant of Christ. He's constantly looking to God for strength. Expectancy. What do we expect from God in our lives? What do we expect God in our lives? Or maybe my question should be, who are you expecting from? You see, if you're expecting from another person, that has become a little g-god in your life. Mom. Really, it has. If your expectancy is in the government, the government has become a little g-god in your life. Because your hope and your trust now is in the government. Or your business. Or your 401k. Or your investments. God wants to be our source. He wants to be our strength. He wants to be our help in a time of trouble. He wants us to have that relationship with Him that is so strong that no matter what happens in our lives, we don't look to the right or the left. We look to the hills from where our help comes from. Amen. And my help comes from the Lord. Amen. That's what the Word of God says. I've literally had to take that scripture and stand and say, God, I am going to look to the hills. I drove around and tried to find some hills. And I said, okay, God, I'm looking to you. You have to go to Cedar Hill to do this. God, I'm looking to you because you are going to be my source and my strength in this. Amen. You say, Mark, that sounds crazy. I'd rather be crazy for God than crazy for, for the Texas Rangers or Jerry Jones, the Yahoo. Oh. God bless Jerry Jones. God will never disappoint. You may say, well, God didn't answer my prayers. Who's in control? God didn't answer. God didn't do what I asked him to do. So you're now God of the universe. 
I didn't see that on your nameplate on your desk. We get angry because when God doesn't respond the way we want him to respond, then the enemy comes in and says, is he really there? Do you really believe? Can he really do that? Look at what Satan said to Eve. All it was was questions. Did God really say this? All it has to be done is formed in a question. And doubt starts forming in our minds. God is our source and our strength. My last point is that God is constant. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Are you grasping this? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he is not swayed by CNN public opinion polls. He doesn't change his mind on social issues. Amen. Well, everybody's doing it. That doesn't make it right. Okay? <laughs> that means society is misleading us. But go back to the Word of God. And what does the Word of God say? He is a right now God. He is not a historical figure. He's right now and always will be. Amen. My challenge to you is to go in, whether you... Take one of the Bible promise books or open up your own word and you start underlining the promises of God for your life. Okay? Now, that's some action. Then you start speaking and declaring them. You know what? When you sit down with your family, you say, Hey, this is what I read today. This is what I'm going to believe. Would you guys believe with me on this? And all of a sudden, now we have some agreement. They wouldn't have had that if you didn't share it at the table. They would have been talking about this and this and this and this, and it's just inside your heart. But when you say, Hey, I, I read this scripture, and I'm really believing on this. Would you come into agreement with me? Could we all agree? Have the family at the dinner table speak out our promises. Declare the promises as yes and amen. Some of us need to declare God's promises of yes and amen over our family, amen. over our home, over our work, over our finances, over this country. That's what we're called as Christians to be praying and interceding for each other. God's entire communication with us can be put into two words. I promise. We don't have to worry if he'll make good on his promise. Amen. You see, I can tell you that God has never overpromised, and he's never underdelivered. Right. You grasp this? God cannot overpromise, and he won't because of his <coughs> character underdeliver. God cannot lie. That's right. So are we standing on the promises? Stand promises of salvation. Aren't you glad that salvation has nothing to do with our promises to God, but His promise to us? Now grasp that for a second. Salvation has nothing to do with your promises to God, because we know our promises to God are pretty much worthless. They can change in an instant, depending on how we feel, what day of the week it is, but God is constant. Promise for eternal life. Forgiveness of our sins. Man, isn't that beautiful? 
Have you received the promises of eternal life? If you're ready to receive the promises of eternal life, just confess that, that you have sin in your life, that you're a sinner, and that you believe that Jesus Christ came and died on a cross as your substitute for your sin. You see, we could do nothing about our own sin. But because of what Christ did on a cross, He became a perfect sacrifice for you and for me. And He died. And three days later, He rose from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered death. He paid the price for you and for me. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed. As you know, I lead you in a very simple prayer. But I want you to think about your life right now. If you were to step out of this life into eternity, are you sure of where you're going to go? If you say, Pastor Mark, I'm not really sure of anything right now, then you need this prayer more than ever. Say it. Say it from your heart, not just from your mouth. Stand on the promises of salvation. Stand on the promises of God's faithfulness, His consistency, that He is your strength, that He is your refuge. Would everybody please repeat with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved. Amen. If you said that, even from your heart, then your past is forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. He doesn't remember them anymore. You're a child of the Most High God. Every promise is yours. And they are yes and amen in Him. Before I speak the blessing, I want to tell you, I'm so excited about the month of May. The month of May is going to be a real changing point for our church. In fact, God had me change my title series to Next Steps. Next Steps. Next Steps about us as a church, the way we impact our community, the way the community sees us. It's no longer just about us being in these four walls on Sunday morning. It's so much more. I'm so excited about it. I just ask that you pray Pray that God would open your heart to all that He has. Anytime somebody tells you the change is coming, it gives you a chance to prepare. But ask God to prepare your heart. I still wear my bracelet, even though it's there it is. Because every morning I wake up and I realize it's there and I'm praying for the lives and hearts of people. I may be a very simple person, but I just believe what God tells me. I want to tell you, Great things are about to happen. Great things are about to happen. It's been confirmed. It's been confirmed 
not only in my life, outside people have confirmed this. I'm, inside, I'm ecstatic. But I just wanted to share, great things are coming. Hold on to the promises. Would you stand and I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. Dino, and that was awesome today. Man, I'll tell you, as a worship team, you colored so far outside the lines. It was great. Wasn't that awesome? Let's give the worship team a hand I, and, and glorify God because they volunteer their time. They come, they practice, they seek, they pray to lead us into God's presence. Enjoy that time. According to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go now in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you so much. We love you. Thank you for coming today.